The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back and thanks for joining us again today as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. We're glad you're with us. Uh, If you're following along in your Bible or tablet or phone, uh, we are in Jonah chapter 1. We started yesterday uh, breaking down a little bit of the background of what was happening and Jonah's decision to run. And now we're going to look, and, and then one of these things, unique things about these smaller Old Testament passages, a lot of times when you study the Old Testament, it seems like it can take a couple chapters to really unravel and unpack and develop an entire story, where in the scenario like this one, man, the story just bang, it's there. You know, you've got three verses, Jonah runs, God responds, um, they're quick, there's a lot packed in, very similar to what you might see in the New Testament. So we're going to jump into uh, the passage, you know, yesterday we referenced that Jonah did not like whatever was going on with Nineveh, Jonah didn't like the fact that God was going to bring um, revival, forgiveness, is going to bring himself back and offer forgiveness to Nineveh, he wanted Nineveh destroyed him, he was convinced that he himself, by in disobeying and disregarding God's command, can make that happen, and we mention that it's easy to think, if we're not careful, that sometimes we can manipulate the way things happen. So let's see what happens now as we look at the idea that now Jonah's gone down, he's got a ticket and a boat, and he's going the opposite direction of Nineveh. We pick up uh, in verse number four. It says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. And the mariners were afraid and cried every man, or every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down the lowest, lowest parts of the ship and lay down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. So we look at this. He gets in the boat. He heads over the opposite direction. And pretty quickly, God sends out a great wind. Now, let me explain when I'm, we say great wind. The men in this boat were sailors. The men in this boat, had, this is what they did, back and forth on the sea. Uh, what I'm trying to say with this is storms were something they faced on a regular basis. This was not an abnormal an abnormal event. So for these men to be so overwhelmed by the reality of this storm, to throw over things, to be get to begin to pray, to ask everybody to any random God, hopefully that whoever it is will protect them, shows the severity of this storm. So this was not just a light storm. This would have been a storm that these sailors would have recognized. These are the storms that kill people. Uh, Maybe they had lost friends. Maybe they'd been in some like that. Either way, this was a very super, uh, there's a very serious storm coming this way. And so we see that uh, God immediately reacts. It says that this says there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was about to be broken up. So you really look at the idea that this storm is the kind of storm that sinks ships. Uh, you get to see a bit of God's wrath. You get to see a bit of God um, trying to make a point to Jonah. Now, <clears throat> what I want to look at just for the next couple of minutes in kind of an area of three thoughts. Uh, and you might find this to be an intriguing point because, again, a lot of times we look at the, this story and all we see is the, you know, sometimes if you're not careful, you can just see an angry God. Here's what I want us to look at for the next couple of minutes. I want us to look at God's grace through the storms. Um, 
one of the things that we do sometimes, we think when we, when we run from God or know people who run from God, we get this idea uh, that somehow anytime when we're running from God and God does something to bring us back, that we're right, God's wrong, how dare he do this? We have a free will, we can do whatever we want. And while God gives us a free will and gives us a choice to do what we want, um, those choices come with consequences. The first thing we have to realize is we are children of God. Um, number two, God has the best plan for us. Now, the other thing to look at is remember, this was not an ordinary, ordinary, every, ordinary everyday person. This was a prophet, a preacher, someone who had dedicated his life, someone who understood what was going on, understood the consequences of disobeying God. <clears throat> so you've got somebody, you know, the Bible teaches us to whom much is given, much is required. The more we know, the more expectation there is against us which is a good thing, by the way. Um, so what happens is he's going the wrong way. This would have been horrible for the people of Nineveh. This would have been bad for Jonah. And so in God's grace, God is taking the circumstances to bring Jonah back. And I think sometimes we look at that and say, how God do this? How dare they? And, and that's what we at least think in our own mind. Uh, when we run from God, it is the grace of God that brings us back. When we run from God, it is God's grace. It is God's mercy that brings us back to him. Uh, and that's what's happening here. And, you know, you say, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, let me ask you this. If God really wanted to just end this, he could have. He could have just destroyed everybody on that boat. There would have been no fish, and the problem would have been solved. Uh, in his wrath, he could have just killed, Nineveh, or killed Jonah and moved on. But that's not who he is. And again, if you view this from the perspective of an angry God, that's what you're going to assume. Well, then he could have just ended Jonah's life, move on, say, how dare you, and moved over to a different prophet. Uh, but he didn't do that. And so you're going to see this the entire four chapters. You're going to see this constant struggle of submission to God in everything happening here. Uh, <clears throat> so he gets in this boat. Let's look and see what happens next. And then the mariners were afraid. These soldiers were afraid, and they started crying out to their own gods. These, these were unsaved. These were pagan people. They did not believe in, in Jehovah God. And so what they do, they started throwing over the wares. Now, what is he talking about? What, in this, what most of these guys got paid to do was to tra uh, transport cargo from one port to another. Uh, they would have been given it, and they would have been paid at the other end. So this would have been a very expensive venture to throw over the things that they had been paid to deliver, because my guess is they wouldn't have been paid until they got there. So they would have lost large amount of wages um, to take their job, their career, their livelihood, and just toss it overboard, uh, trying to make the boat as light as they possibly can, because they're like, listen, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we may lose some money, but at least we will live to be able to buy some more, make some more tomorrow. And so <clears throat> a simple principle that is so true that we decide to jump out and live in sin, it will never only affect us. It's just, it's just a simple principle. Okay, sometimes it's considered hard, but it's truth. It's reality. When we decide to step out and go against God, and we decide to live in sin and rebel against God, it is a guarantee that it will never only just affect us. This will affect our loved ones. This will affect the people around us. It will affect your wife or your husband. It will affect your children. It will affect people you work with. It will affect people in your church. You can't just make a decision and think that it's only going to affect you. And a lot of times when people talk about, you know, they talk about crimes as a victimless crime, where they talk about sin. It's only going to hurt me. It won't hurt anybody else. And the fact is that is just not possible. You cannot commit a crime. You cannot get involved in a sin and it only just affect you. That might be what you think, but that's just not the fact. And that's something for us to take into account, that every time you make a decision, it will affect other people. You might not think it. You might not even notice it. But here's the problem I've learned, especially as a father, and watching in part counseling parents and seeing other people doing it. Um, one of the things that I've learned is that a lot of times we are so oblivious, we don't realize the damage we're doing to people around us. 
And may we be more willing to acknowledge that our decision does affect other people. So then, the, then what happens is this. We see Jonah. He goes down to the lowest part of the ship, and then he's sound asleep. And the captain comes and wakes him up. And he says, what are you doing? Two things we see. It is amazing that you can get so far from God that even the storms won't wake you up. The storms have got to send your way to wake you up. The, the circumstances in life that God has brought your way to help you to recognize that he loves you and he's, he's using these truths to bring you back. You might not even realize. You're so gone and you're such in rebellion. You don't even realize this is what's happening. And sometimes I've had this thought here. People come to me and say, why is this happening? Why is God allowing this to happen? And, and it's obvious through circumstances that God's trying to get their attention. And that might be exactly what's happening. You know, we look and say, you know, maybe I'm, you know, God's mad at me or whatever. Or maybe I'm just in sin and God's trying to bring me back. But I find it intriguing, as I read one commentator said this morning, it is intriguing that it took an unsaved pagan man to make a preacher pray. But yet we'll notice next time, he didn't, he didn't think about it. He knew what was going on. He was fully aware it was going on, and he was sound asleep in a horrible storm. And frankly, you can say, I'd rather die than turn. The, the vitriol that this man had towards Nineveh was extreme. He's in this place. He's letting everybody else's lives be destroyed. Uh, he's sitting in a spot where more than likely he's going to die if something doesn't change, and he's perfectly fine with this. Just think about the extremity. You know, sometimes when I've read about Jonah, people look at it and say, how God, dare God do this? And we miss how rebellious Jonah is in this spot. And maybe we look at that. Maybe we look and see the reality of what's going on. Jonah is fighting God, and God is using different circumstances to bring him back. And we'll continue to talk more about what that looks like. But we think of the three things. We think about you can never go in sin and not affect other people. Um, when you decide to live in sin, you can become oblivious to what God is doing. And sometimes it even takes the unsaved world to help us recognize that our responsibility to turn our face back to Jesus. We do appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to teach God's Word. Stick with us as we'll take the next couple of weeks, work through the book of Jonah, and uh, pull some principles that sometimes are encouraging, sometimes are challenging, but are definitely needful for us. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you again next time.